Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Here in the house in the PFN, PNF, PFN, <laughs> paddling fin house. Hey, uh, Dustin Nichols with Chasing the Tide. We're back at you after a hiatus. There, we had some uh, crazy work schedules going on, and we're just now kind of starting to wrap that up and and, and move back into uh, time on the water mode. You know, I've been lacking that, so I think I've had two days on the water in the last six weeks. So yeah, it's been rough. <laughs> my my gills are drying up. So. Yeah, my fishing therapy is, is is not there at this time. So, yeah, I'm getting kind of cranky. So, no, we got a good show tonight. Um, we're going to bring a guy from uh, Northeast Florida, from the Dirty Duval. Um, we're going to bring on a solid trout angler from over there. Loves loves chasing those big fish just like I do. So, we're going to go ahead and bring Ron in. We got uh, Ron Linvey in the house tonight. What's going on, man? How's it going? Hey, Dustin. I am great and uh, just excited to be able to be here with you like I was mentioning i've uh, i've listened to your podcast for a couple of years and uh just honored to have an opportunity to come on here and speak and there's nothing i like doing more than talking fishing so oh yeah happy no, to be here we could go all probably go all evening but like we were talking before the show we're like man we're gonna get off this and we're going straight to bed like, <laughs> it's, it's been it's been a rough couple 
you know, month, a little over a month or so for me. I know it's oh, the, the work schedule here is hectic. I'm used to working, man, I'm used to only working 14 days out of 28 days. So I'll get a big long break and fish after night shifts and I'm usually on the water two, three times a week. So <laughs> it's a big change. It's like, whoa. Yeah. I'm stuck being a weekend warrior typically. So, uh, you know, I've got to fight the, uh, the the water wars with the boats and everybody right. else that's out there on the water on the weekend. So, Well, cool, man. Well, I'm stoked to have you on. Uh, first time offender in the house tonight. Yeah, we got Ron here. And uh, give everybody a little, uh, tell everybody where you're from and give them a little backstory of, uh, you know, you're growing up fishing and then what led you into that plastic boat. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I live in Jacksonville, Florida, as you mentioned right now, and I've been here since uh, my high school years. But uh Grew up in uh, Northeast Ohio, just outside of Cleveland uh, originally, and um, was fortunate enough to get exposed to fishing as a kid. I had a grandfather that would take me kind of jetty fishing in Lake Erie, um, and there actually were live fish back then. Contrary to popular belief, uh, the water system up there has been challenged over the years. And and then, uh, you know, my family camped, and I would, every time we would camp somewhere, I would, uh, you know, fish in whatever ponds I could find. and. I was pretty unsophisticated with it growing up, you know, a lot of bobbers and worms and things like that. But I just I just loved being outdoors and experiencing nature and and being a part of it. Um, moved to Florida in the middle of high school and uh, never really lost that um, love of fishing. But the one thing I found very different in at least the Jacksonville region, um, you know, Ohio, I could walk up to any body of water and fish, walk along it all I wanted to. Here in Jacksonville, it is mud and marsh and you, know, you go try to walk up to a body of water here unless you're at a ramp or a, a dock somewhere you're going to sink thigh deep that's just how the the environment is here so, so i struggled mud. for <laughs> i struggled for years trying to figure out how to fish this area without some kind of watercraft and uh tried some surf fishing and surf is always crowded people on the beach you know walking in front of your lines and that wasn't working but at work i had some friends that had boats and uh, they were experienced saltwater anglers and it took advantage of a couple opportunities to get out with them and it really opened my eyes to the type of fishing that was available and i was like man if i could just find a way to get out on the water myself um and kayaks were just starting to become popular we're talking about 20 years ago yeah. and uh i kind of got the bug there was a, a forum here i don't know if you'd ever heard of it back in the day dustin called jack's kayak fishing back when mm -hmm. forums were things and uh, they actually sponsored the Jack's Kayak Fishing Classic, which was once a that was the one once the largest, largest yep. anywhere in the country. We had 500 anglers. So I got involved with that. Mike Hogan started that, good guy. Um, I helped him just setting up for some tournaments and things like that and met some anglers on there, bought my first kayak used from, uh, from the forum there in the classified section and got some good advice. And it really kind of accelerated my learning curve into the saltwater environment between my buddies with the boats at work and that that forum and um once i got the kayak and had the freedom to go whenever i wanted wherever i wanted that was all i really needed to really catch that saltwater bug oh yeah it's very easy to catch too <laughs> yeah oh man yeah the, the the mud down there can be insane just like in coastal georgia where i grew up you know it's you know thigh to chest deep you know in certain areas you know and you just just chasing that trying to find the right launch places and things could could be challenging too to me as well as thinking about to some of the stuff i remember launching at when i was a kid a lot of places had floating docks and it had a lift that would pick your boat up and lift it and set it into the water you know on a pulley system you know so it's it's definitely some some different than what when i showed up at texas and i saw people weight fishing everywhere i was like oh you can actually walk in here and fish and that's what started <laughs> me 
back on trout fever in Texas was, uh, you know, fishing before I surfed or, or, you know, being a surfer anyways, we, we fished when there, when there wasn't surf, when there's no waves, you would fish or skateboard. Um, and that was the whole deal with that was just getting that kayak and branching out and, and having that, uh, range. You know? Absolutely. You know, when you're used to just walking uh, and you get in a kayak and you can cover miles in a day, it's just, uh, the whole world opens up to you. It definitely does. Yeah. And then back then, you know, we were starting out, we had all the, you know, the Jackson Kraken, the wilderness, uh, the, the radar, one fifties or tarpon one sixties or whatever they are yep. long, super long, just real skinny gliding kayaks that you got them up to speed, you could glide them and they just paddled well. Um, you know, the, over the years it's kind of, kind of swayed to the wider, more stable platforms, uh, especially on the bass side of things, the guys are, um, you know, chasing, chasing the bass tournaments and, and fishing the larger freshwater lakes or, or spot lock on them, the motors and everything's kind of, kind of progressed that way. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping, you know, some of the other saltwater trails start getting with that. Cause a lot of ours still, still don't allow motors. There's quite a few now, but, uh, there's still a few hang-ons that are like, you know, trying not to, trying to hold off on the motor side of things. And it's, it's yeah, most of the ones in this region still don't won't allow any kind of a motor. It's gotta be human powered, whether it's pedal or paddle. With the current and the tidal swings you have there and, and wanting to, um, get the people away from, you know, to spread them out a bit more. It's, it's actually a plus to have, in, in my opinion, is I, I like, I like being able to get a little further away from the crowds and I will, I'm the first to say, if I can get away from everybody, I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm making some runs if I can with an extra battery. Yep. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's, you know, there's pros and cons to both sides of it. You know, uh, there's some loyalists still out there that just like the, the paddle only. And, you know, and then, and, and back when the, the pedal drives came out, they were still, you know, pushed back when that allowed pedal drives in the tournaments. And then now it's the motor side kind of coming on board. A couple other companies out there pushing product as well. And it's, 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 it's you know, become a kind of a, a norm for most of the tournaments uh, across the, uh, the coastal side of things now i'm hoping some more will jump on because it's, it's definitely a growing trend <laughs> for sure so you Without did you just you just fished a tournament over there what was that last one you just did over there in jacksonville i did uh actually i did a couple i did a live tournament here and an online tournament oh, okay. uh, both so it's kind of neat to be able to you know do them both at the same time but yes the jacksonville premier um trout tournament right. has a has a boat division and a kayak division and uh, you know, outstanding tournament. Craig Van Brocklin runs that and does a great job with it. And I fished obviously in the in the kayak division and uh, had a bunch of friends that did really well in the tournament. It wasn't my uh, it wasn't my year. I finished tenth, I think. Uh, but uh, it was one of those days. Um, you know, talk about tournament day. Um, I caught a twenty and a quarter inch trout on my third cast of the morning yeah. uh, after we were allowed to put lines in, and I never could upgrade it for the rest of the day. You know. I, I caught that right off the bat, caught a mid-slot red on top water right after that. And then uh, it was tough. I caught a bunch of fish, but I never could upgrade yeah. that trout. And that's how days, it just goes, you you, you get in your mind and you're like, man, I, I've been fishing. I know I'm on some fish. I'm here and know. And then what? Weather curveball, uh, something happens and you break a fish off and you get upset. So in, in preparation, an event and mindset you know the mental aspect plays a plays a pretty big role so 
after a couple hours of not upgrading the fish, you're already kind of doubting yourself. Is it, do you ever do you ever get into that on the water and kind of get that self talk in your head where it's like, man, I need to catch fish, man, I need to catch fish, man. I need to catch fish. I, you know, you know, I, it's it, it is discouraging if you go a long period of time without upgrading. But I always prepare myself ahead of time. You know, I I really enjoy tournaments. I don't put a ton of pressure on myself. I just kind of enjoy them for the experience. But I put a lot of mental preparation into it, and I know I'm going to fish a full day. It used to be when I started doing tournaments. You know, I would uh, hey, if, if it didn't work out by lunchtime, I might go ahead and head to the head to the captain's meeting and see everybody way they're fishing and all that. But, you know, I've, I've gotten to the point where I like to fish till the end of, uh, you know, end of regulation time. Right. And the neat thing about the tournament this year is they use Tourney X um, yes. as a partner this year. So you were able to fish right up until the weigh in ended, which yep. was at four o'clock. And I did. I fished up until four and I ended up catching more slot reds up until the last minute, but I never could upgrade that trout. But yeah, uh, that's, that's it gave cool me the opportunity the, to stay out there. It's cool for the CPR aspect of it. That's catch photo release. I, I know everybody's pretty well versed in that in the kayak scene, but it, it's kind of catching on on the boat sides as well here. Um, a couple of the tournaments have, have used the tourney X and Fishing Chaos. And, uh, you know, the CPR, you catch you, you photo them on the measuring board with the proper identifier or token of the day and then you let them go um the saltwater legend series that chad petrick puts on a big trout tournament here in texas they're actually mm -hmm. going a step further and they're using a uh, a token of the day and then they you record a video with your scales he wrote out you measure your trout you weigh it the weight locks in and you film yourself releasing the trout and then you submit your videos to him you bring redfish to the scale live uh, for your one redfish but it's a three trout stringer and one redfish a day it's a two-day tournament, and it's some of the it's a it's a it's boat tournament, but you know it's they definitely taking some strides where they're not beating up some trout trying to run you know 90 miles at 90 miles an hour running back in the waves and beating the fish up in the live well and then having a lot of fish. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Fatigue. You know, yeah, and that, so, that's what I love about the catch photo release format of most of these kayak tournaments that we do. You know, yeah. it's it, they're, they're they're so conservation friendly, and yeah. you know, the longer you fish, the more you appreciate those special moments with those special fish. So, uh, the other tournament that I fished, which ended kind of that same weekend, CA Richardson had a tournament on fishing chaos online. Right, they had a a, a tournament online. I, I saw yeah. that one come up, and I was like, man, I'm I'm in a turnaround. I didn't didn't get a chance to get into that one. It looked like it was a pretty pretty battle event they were it, it was it was fun i did a little better in that one i uh i finished uh tied for second um with the 32 inch redfish in that one for the month had a 26 and a half inch trout and then the challenge was you know it's a slam tournament and mm -hmm. snook was the third fish we don't have snook up here in jacksonville so i only had a half a day to leave town on a on a saturday to figure out where to go and i went down towards the ormond beach area yes. and pulled a you know a respectable 25 inch snook it's nothing that's uh a monster or anything but uh ended up in second overall for the slam for the tournament so oh, i was uh i was happy with that i wish i could have done better in the trout tournament but i was happy with the results yeah of that. that's cool I, we just we just got lucky and got into some snook um we were down for a jackson fun tour in the tampa st pete area at a couple of dealers down there back in march um but we had one of that, those fronts come through that just blew the water out of everywhere we went to one place we had had our eyes on had some intel 
and I'm telling you, the water was 200 yards away from where you would normally lodge. It was like four foot. Wow. It like blew it out. So we had been traveling back and forth to these dealers and we went over some, some backwater rivers and we found a ramp there and we, we stumbled onto the, the Anclote, the river, the boat club. It's the number one dive bar in Florida. <laughs> That's where the launch was by. It wasn't open at the time we got there, but we did end up having some beers and some good times there at the boat club uh, after we got off the water. But we, we went in that place blind and we were, had a, a camera crew with us too. And uh, just got lucky and found some uh, some boat houses and docks and started skipping under the docks as the water pushed back in and started catching, you know, 20-inch snook, 21-inch snook. Nothing giant, but I lost a couple good ones. We had some, you know, juvenile tarpon, you know, come up and follow our flukes or our baits and not, not quite commit, but you, you saw them, so you got really excited. And then we, we lost a couple decent snook, pretty good ones, probably pushing, you know, upper 20s, but overall for not knowing anything about the area i was pretty happy to go <laughs> and kind of figure something out because and that's one of the things i've, I've kind of crazy. really enjoyed these last couple of years is going to new areas just like you mentioned it's it's yep. very satisfying to be able to go to a new area and be able to find fish so credit to right. you for that it doesn't always work out it doesn't I'm glad always you guys were able out. to pull it off yeah, yeah we got lucky on that one and uh you know you were talking about the you know we're talking about cpr and the catch photo release and what everybody's going in great links to do your shirt you know that's a that's a great program uh, Rep yeah, represent release, release over 20 release absolutely over 20. dave flad's yeah. been a, a a guest on the podcast as well and very very supportive of what he does um for the trout fishery the flounder fishery the sheep's head everything um yeah he's got a great program with that great support from a lot of companies involved with him um and you know i'm i'm like-minded i'm i'm on the you know conservation side myself and i'm I want those big trophy class fish to be around because I, I got the big trout fever too. I know just like you, I said, I know you got it. So what, what's it mean to have a, a, a great fishery in, in your area? Uh, we, we don't have to name names, but there's some, there's some stuff right there on the east, east, east yeah. seaboard of Florida. This, there's some great trout fisheries there. So what's, what's it like to have that pretty close by? It's outstanding. You know, I, I fish, you know, I'm in Northeast Florida. I fish everywhere from Nassau County, which is as far north as Florida gets before Georgia down to Flagler County, with most of my time concentrated in Duval and St. John's. And, you know, I've caught gator sized trout in, in all of those uh, areas other than maybe Flagler. Um, and I know they're there. I just haven't had the opportunity to catch one. But uh, the more you fish locally and the more you get a chance to travel, the more you realize how special those really big trout are. You know, those, you know, either the really fat 26 and a half, the 27s, the 28s. I've had a 29. I haven't broken 30 yet. I'm still working on that. Me neither. 2975. <laughs> if I'd have left the mouth yeah. open, it'd have been 30. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you learn you learn to realize how special those yeah. fish are, and uh, that's why those conservation programs are so important. So it was so easy to get on board with Dave Flad and release over 20 and um, watch that grow. It's just amazing what he's done with that. You know, he and his company, and uh, couldn't be more proud of him. And I'm so happy to be able to support it and follow it. Yeah, for sure. Him, you know, him being a, a in the business as well with Ice Strike Fishing, uh, which Absolutely. actually, you know, is partnered with Z-Man, which great bait companies, great baits. I do have Without a, a doubt. support yeah. from a great Texas plastic company, but I do use Z-Man stuff. That kicking crab has been legit. <laughs> and the little Ned Ned bugs and Ned crawls for oh, man. finicky wintertime redfish are just yeah. So it's out. funny that you mentioned that. So, you know, I, small stuff. 
Yep, I love my big trout, but uh, especially yeah. in the wintertime and uh, in kind of midsummer, I really love to go after my redfish. And uh, the one technique I've been using the last couple of years, which is new to me, is the Ned Rig. So the Z-Man stuff is just perfect because of that buoyancy. And uh, man, those those uh, oyster mounds at low tide with uh, with a nice little Z-Man Ned Rig. Oh, I've yeah. just been tearing them, tearing them up the last couple of years and, you know, never I didn't have the expectations. It exceeded my expectations. Yeah. I'll put it that way. I'm just amazing, and it's so fun to just watch that line just take off and start moving, and you know what's about to happen. It's just yeah, crazy. you're like, oh, what's there? It is, and he's already there. You know. Yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah. So the trophy class fish, you know, you're both of us were, were were fortunate to live near waters that were able to chase those and and, and you know be able to target those fish specifically at times. Um, what's some of your favorite techniques or or maybe something you'd want to share with the listeners that, that they might not know uh, for, for chasing these trout. What what makes them, uh, I mean, they're ferocious, they're opportunistic feeders, they're going to ambush stuff. I mean, what what do you use to, to, to target them and to figure out, you know, what's your mindset going in to, to target those big fish, you know? Yeah, my mindset. To them. Yeah. yeah, great question. My mindset typically is I want to be out on the spot I want to fish before first light even. I wanna be out there when the sun comes up. Number one, it's almost a spiritual experience to be out there when that sun comes up. I just Definitely. I just get energized off that, I love it. And then I start throwing top water. Um, that's my favorite way to catch the big trout and that's how I've caught probably most of mine. And I'll talk about uh, the, the, the second method that I use. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I try to read the water. If the water's choppy, I'm using a bigger, noisier top water. And if it's uh, calm and, and, and you know, there's not a whole lot going on. I try to downsize what I'm using and use something that's a little quieter and a little more subtle. Um, and I'll throw a top water, especially if there's cloud cover. I mean, I'll, I'll bring it out if there's cloud cover just about all day. Um, mm -hmm. Top water is just a proven producer for me. But, um, you know, I use probably a lot of the same ones a lot of guys do. You probably caught more on a uh, Spook Junior than anything, but I love the Mirror Lure products. I love the, the Skitter Walk products. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll use a little bit of everything. Um, once that sun gets up high and that topwater bite dies, I am hooked on uh, mirror lures, um, the 17MR and the 27MR if it's windy. Those two are right behind topwater, produced uh, the most big trap for me um, other than uh, the topwaters. If I'm fishing deep water, um, a big paddle tail, you know, yeah. five inch. But that's only if I'm fishing deeper water, somewhere that's got drop-offs. And I yes. usually concentrate on the shallower stuff. Right, shallow water. Yeah, there's times in winter I'll I'll, I'll target some uh, industrial areas or some river estuaries where the trout will put up in, push up into deeper water. Um, but most of the time I'm shallow water. I'm on the flats, the grass flats, off the deeper edges, and and uh, and down towards our, our our cherry on the top down in Baffin when I can get on there, get down yeah. there in the winter time. Um, a lot of jerk baits uh, that time of year when it, on the cooler months, and then the we all know in Texas you're throwing a corky fat boy. So yep. Um, even on the shallow water, I, I I like the floater. There's the Gringo, the all white one. Man, I had a hell of a winter with that bait this year. And then I think the, the mirror lure is to Florida what that corky is to Texas. Yes, um, yes, I think yes. that's probably a fair comparison. And then we have the double D's as well. Um, they yep. don't sink and and suspend like a a, uh, a MR17 or MR27, they you, you swim them down with your reel, and then you can twitch, twitch them and swim them, but they'll they'll slowly float back up. Um, and those have been deadly 
you know, burning it down to the grass flats and just killing it. And it kind of slowly sits there and it starts floating and the reds just pop out of the grass and just BAM! It's like, whoa, okay, he was there. And uh, wake baits and chatter baits and yeah, I got all kind of crazy stuff. I got some crazy looking dice I just got in the mail from OSP. They're like OSP dice. They're the bass. It's like J Japan is like ahead of the curve on these crazy baits they have. <laughs> and it's just like, man, I'm going to get some of those and just try them out. I want to see if I can make a redfish eat them. And that's what I get. I always just like to see, can I make a redfish eat those? You know, like the topwater frogs on the flood tides when they're way back in the grass. And a lot of times they're snip, you know, they're they're swiping snails off of the grass stalks. Have you ever seen them do that over there? Because they'll, yeah. they'll do it. They'll come up with, I, on the snail, them little I, white I, snails on the on the stalks of the, the Spartina grass. And, you know, and I throw a little bone colored topwater frog in there and they slurp it down. Yeah, I've said I'm going to do that, and I haven't done it yet. So this year, when we get the flood tides, I definitely need to throw some frogs up in there. It's pretty um, dang fun. <laughs> I, I can imagine. Yes, yeah, man. Yeah, I could talk trout techniques and redfish, whatever, all the stuff I use. I just, I like to use everything. I mean, if I, but like you say, you, you do have to read the water, read the conditions, mm -hmm. read the, um, the, the bait in the area, the, the what's around you know you definitely got to take a look at that and soak that all in definitely yeah i'll tell you something else i like to do if i can get into like you know those schoolie trout where there's just a school of them you know mm -hmm. you're not really catching big ones but you're you know weeding through a bunch of them i love to try the new tactics and techniques the new lures that i haven't really spent a lot of time with yes i know the fish are there the question is am i working it correctly yeah and if you know the fish are there and they're eating that's the best time to try out at least for me my right. new lures my new tactics and my new techniques for sure definitely totally agree with that so yeah, moving along, we're, we're just kind of rolling through. I had a little outline here, you know, trying try to stay organized on the on chasing the tide, you know. We just wing it every now and then. I'll throw some crazy questions out every now and then, but we, we're going to talk <laughs> about um, uh, pressure on the fishery, you know. How is that? Um, seems like there's more anglers in, than ever on the water now. And it, what, what, if any, differences in the fish's behavior have you seen from the um, – extra pressure because there's way the population's grown over the years the, the population of fishermen have grown in water uh, people on the water have grown have, have you seen the the behavior of the fish affected by that or, or yeah yeah i have and i and i think i think the pandemic really even accelerated it over this last couple of years and um although i know the boat companies are selling more boats than ever i think even in the kayak market um we've probably even seen a bigger percentage of population explosion of people that are fishing in kayaks and right. i think that the biggest difference is a it does affect the fish because they feel that pressure and then b you know the spots where you've gone for years and you know you never see anybody at now all of a sudden you go out there and there's two or three guys sitting on top of it and that's okay it just gives you a, a, a reason to go try to find you another spot um but without a doubt i've seen it uh, and i do think it affects the fish i even know guys that don't like to fish on a monday because they know that those fish have been beat up all weekend on a Saturday and a Sunday, and they feel like they need a day to recover. And they'll try to wait till a Tuesday or a Wednesday to fish to give those uh, fish a chance to settle down. So it's absolutely a factor, especially here in Florida, because much like probably where you're at, it's a year round fishery here. It's right, not like true. the fish get a break all winter here. They, they don't. There's fewer fishermen, but yeah. you know, there's still plenty of us fishing for them all year round. But if it's 20, if it's 28, 29 degrees and I'm launching in the morning and it's a light drizzle, probably not gonna see anybody else but that's the days i like right there boy i'm throwing a big glide bait real slow or corky real slow just twist twist oh yeah i'm oh yeah 
but I see, I see like like you're saying, you know, you, you've been going to some spots here and there, and there's there's a lot of spots we can get that boats can't get to. But Love man, it. I've got some skiffs now that've been coming up in some areas that I've been on for years and years and years, and don't ever see anybody in there. Some skiffs figured out how to get in there on the right tides, and you know, and it's like, okay, cool, that's that's fine. But you know, you gotta know what to do. You gotta know how the fish set up. They're they're not normally on the grass edges. They're they're other places. <laughs> there's some there's some stuff that's this tricky. There's some shoals and. And reefs you can run over coming back into that area. So you really got to know it, know the area really yeah, well. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the kayak. You know, I, I told you I'm kind of stuck being a weekend warrior yeah. for the most part. So I almost never launch at boat ramps. So I've got, right. you know, roadside launches, cuts combat between the trees. And, yeah, <laughs> combat launching. And, and the good thing is you don't see as many boats in those right. areas. And, uh, you know, those those spots can be golden. And that's typically what I what I hunt for when I go fishing. Yeah, but we... we me and my buddy Mike, we, we were a tournament team at times uh, when there's team tournaments and we've been in places and we're like on the fish and there's a school, we're pushing, we're right on them. And then, uh, you know, we're kind of backing off, like working some stuff. And then there's a little cut coming in these back lakes and, and here comes this group of guys just straight through the fish. Didn't even notice the fish were there. Like they didn't like, it's like, I see a lot of that with the, with the newer, new anglers that might not be experienced is they're not really paying attention to detail so yeah. some of the, the noobs out there y'all observe your surroundings i mean i can't tell you how much that helps for the uh that little telltale little flick of the bait uh you might not see that redfish tail behind it but it popped up you know uh, especially along the grass and the edges of the oyster um, time on the water will trump everything. You can find me and find my truck very easily and know where I'm fishing, but you got to break down the um, the conditions, the water clarity, the wind, the tidal movement, the lunar periods, the forage. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to break down. Like I can send you to a spot and say, oh yeah, I smacked him here yesterday. And then you go there the next day and not even get a bite. Yeah. And then you readjust and you find out what those fish are doing. And that, that just comes from time on the water. And I can't preach yeah. that enough, you know. I, yeah, when you're new, you, you just, you don't know what you don't know. Right, um, exactly. Until you kind of figure it out. That's why finding people that are experienced in it can really accelerate your learning curve yeah. if you find somebody who's willing to share with you. And yeah. I've tried to give back because people did that for me when I yes. started. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I love helping people. There's a right way to do it. Just like I said, you, you explain everything and tell them about the area, why the fish are there, or what they're doing, when they're, where they're going to move or or if something else happens, you know, throw a wrench in things. But, you know, hire a, a local guide that, that knows the area, you know, it's worth it to spend the money to, to, to cut the learning curve and, and a guide that's gonna teach you with the right tools and teach you about conservation. That's a, that's a big plus there. Um, Cause there are guides out there that are just burning through spots and just, just wanting to get them stringer shots to get more customers, you know? So there's always, you know, that can be a touchy subject here and there. <laughs> so yeah, we just, uh, you know, we've always, I've always, I'll keep a few fish every now and then to eat, man. But then big girl, I'm letting them go. I'll, I'll keep some smaller slot trout, some slot reds here and there. Every now and then I like to fish tacos and redfish on the half shell. I got a pretty, pretty good smoked redfish enchilada I do. It's pretty dang tough to pass up <laughs> every now and then. But uh, man, it just, everything, through fishing, you know, all of us that are like-minded on the con conservation side, um, 
you know, the kayak side of thing is where I really saw the, the camaraderie, um, especially at the events. And it's always like the last one I fished, I was, I was just mentally whipped. Uh, we had like crazy Northwest winds and like five inches of rain. The flats were even dirty water. I've burned a chatterbait for four hours that morning with, with one thump and finally found some clean water about a two mile run and caught my first fish about 11.30 on a wake bait, 27 and a half, a little over seven and a half pounds. And I was like, oh yes, this is it. If I can get one more like this, I'm in the money. I had three more follow it all the way to the boat in the same area. The water was super, it was gin clear in there. And then I broke another one off on some shell. And I had the opportunities, but it just whooped me, you know? So I got back to the ramp, to the launch, and I said, I'm not even going to weigh in. It was my only day off, you know, during this outage deal. And I said, it is about 2.40. And I was like, I'm gonna just let this one go. I'm going to the house, get home. <laughs> and the way in, I would have had to go and go back across the ferry, waiting like an hour and a half line. I wouldn't have got home till like nine o'clock at night. But I got home at 4.30 and hung out and, you know, ate dinner at home with the family and all that, you know, still got to sleep at a decent hour. So, you know, I, I missed the, the camaraderie at the weigh-in because there's always some good fish tales and some <laughs> and some stories about who got stuck and had to drag their kayak across the marsh or something so yeah and um i was just gonna say that that's that's meant a lot to me coming over on the kayak side of things was just the friendship from everybody and, and you know bringing everybody together like you know we're from we're on you know over a thousand miles apart we're, we're on a podcast through the through the old crazy internet there and, and and talking about what we love to do so it's pretty cool that we all come together and uh you know it's been a pretty cool experience and i was going to see if how how's it has that affected you have, have you how many friends have you met through kayak fishing that has been uh, a pretty pretty tight bond you know over the years you know dozens i've been fortunate enough to fish with and you know right now you talked about the conservation minded and you know the guys that like to hunt for those big trout like you and i have discussed and i'm just blessed to have some great fishermen over here that love to do that i know you've interviewed sandy stark before for your show you know I've learned plenty from him and um, troy rhodes is one of my fishing partners on a lot of our of the tournaments i do another great fisherman um rich windman uh, fishes yeah. in this area a lot he he focuses on big trout and, and does really well zach prince um matt chipperfield chipperfield um, captain, captain yeah yeah, just some great guys. And, uh, you know, I've got some uh, some newer guys coming along, too, that do a great job. I got a buddy named uh, Dominic Peniccia from work who I fish with, and he's got his uh, own YouTube uh, thing going now, and he's doing a great job with the true loving fishing. And it's just so fun to watch him kind of build that out and yeah, use his drone and do some unique things. Just very cool. Dang, that's pretty neat. Yeah, the friendship through fishing has been, been great. You know, it's definitely, you know, I've met a lot of, a lot of super cool people over the years through this through that plastic boat man it's pretty dang neat but the, it really, it really you is know, and you kind of hit on it too about the bonds of the you know the the crazies like us that chase that like to chase the big trout and get heartbroken a lot <laughs> i yeah, mean yeah, there's, there's days there's days i'll fish for one thump dude and i mean, if it's the right one then yeah it paid off 27 28 you know if that's my only yeah. fish of the morning i'm i'm still happy i'll be out yeah, there at, at midnight on a full moon on one area or the areas I know they're at, and I'll be I'll set up on one piece of one piece of shell like a cutout in the reef, and I'll be if that fish is there with the right wind direction, he's there's going to be a fish there set up waiting on something, and 
and I'll sit there and throw at it for an hour or two waiting for that bite. And if I know, if I got that gut feeling and then it's like, man, it pays off pretty good, pretty good bit here and there, you know? So it's like, yeah, man, absolutely. Just, you know, whew. as my fishing has evolved, you know, when I first got started, I was all about the numbers. How many fish can yeah. I catch in a day? And, and that's fun. I still like a day with, with good numbers, but I'll trade, you know, a 20 fish day for that one or two special fish day anytime now. That's what that's what it's all about is finding that that, you know, true trophy that, you know, Jurassic Park style yeah. uh, fish that's out there and and uh, enjoying that experience. Yeah, that 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 dead calm. To the hook set to the utter chaos of that gill raking shake when they come up and trying to throw that bait and their head is rattling and it's they're pissed off that's what it is they get they get so aggressive once they get you know over that five pound 24 and a half 25 inch mark yeah Got that thump when you're when you're fishing thump. subsurface that thump, yeah, thump that's 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 just that's the drug right there that's that corky thump it'll get your heart rate going and that's yeah, how they hit it, that. That's how they hit them glide baits too. They about knocked a rod out your hand. I've actually mm -hmm. had one. I was throwing uh, one of the bigger pogies, Mike Herman from uh, the Donkey Bay baits. He's out of Louisiana, makes some great, great glide baits and swim baits. But I was throwing this bigger pogie. It's like two and three quarter ounces. It's not giant, but you have to have a little different action rod than my regular trout rods. I usually throw my like top water and stuff on. Um, you gotta be able to absorb those head shakes, and I usually throw it on straight fluorocarbon just to kind of help with it, you know. And uh, I had one come up and just annihilate it, and I swear I had a bruise on my finger from where the trigger got pulled against my hand when he smacked <laughs> it. Like my my finger, my trigger grip on my reel seat put a bruise on my finger, and that fish was, I think, and it might have been one of the right ones. Yeah, I, no doubt. I had, a, I had a couple this winter that were. It just in my heart and in my what I saw, mouth and head and body wise, they were they were thirty plus, and it just and it didn't happen. You know, biggest I caught this year was twenty nine. You know, it's just sometimes it just it, the stars don't align on them big fish, man. That's that's why they're out there, they're pretty dang yeah, the, smart. <laughs> the year is young. There's plenty of time to get that thirty before the year is over. This year, yeah. This year, yeah. I'll be on it. I don't have any kind of outages till I got until October of next year, which is bad time of the year to have an outage, but that's the way it's going to fall. I think next year, but <laughs> I'm always excited for, uh, that when that weather cool down starts, I mean, we, there's still some great fishing right now. This full moon we got coming up with, with some fish spawning and, and just setting up right, um, before it gets super hot. And then it, you know, we got the croaker, uh, at the bait shop start showing up and you got all the guys out there just throwing croaker for bait and you know those that's another thing i mean people are going to fish with what they're going to fish with but you know that that definitely lends to um more gut hook fish and stuff like that you know with the live bait and and, and it's it is what it is but you know there's guys out there that fish with artificials and they, they're teaching stuff the right way as well. yep. and like we say the conservation side of things is is a big key you know, we're, we're, we had that big freeze two years ago and, you know, we got that, uh, we had a, a, a bag limit decrease in size, uh, slot for our trout on, on the mid coast, you know, south and mid up to Matagorda. And it's a uh, three fish, 17 to 23. And, and that's all you can have before that we had a five fish limit 
15 to 25 and then you can have one over 25 in your bag and then and then you know we we lost a lot of fish during that freeze and we've seen it rebound and the lagoon laguna madre is fishing really good right now down down corpus area down south and it's a big proponent is is that that bag limit decrease in that management and it's starting to open some eyes you know and it's, it's sad it took a freeze to see it but there's there's a lot of people that, that, that started to open their eyes to it which is which is pretty cool you know yeah without a it, doubt. it was like pulling teeth to try to get the people to do the release over 20 here for the longest time <laughs> so yeah yeah i'm glad to see it kind of coming along man for sure for sure yep Anything else you want to add? Let's let's do it. I'm, I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. I'm gonna try to try to just do a pick five off the top of my head. I'm, let's do it. All right, come on. Bucks or jags? Jags, of course. Uh, hot dog or pizza? Pizza. Right on. Redfish or trout? <sighs> Depends on the time of the year. I don't know if I can answer that. <laughs> That's all the above. One. How's that? That's all the above. One. Bicycle or skateboard? Bicycle. I'm not coordinated <laughs> enough for a skateboard. <laughs> I'm not coordinated <laughs> enough. Uh, Dial or Shimano? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting talk. Most of my reels early in my fishing time were Shimanos, but I've really transitioned to the Daiwas over the oh, last cool. four or five years. And uh, I, I couldn't be any happier. I love it. We can them. talk about that a little bit. See, some of these pick five questions lead to a little extending the show a little bit. <laughs> yeah so uh what oh man their um their mag sealed stuff is pretty cool when the, the mq series stuff i just got a procyon mq and i've had the procyon al for a while the 2000 series and that's my go-to little spinner rods but um you know i i'm fortunate enough to, to get a deal with them and, and work with them um the uh the coastal 150s were great they're just a little little bigger you know, because they came out with the 200 series that were was pretty big back in the day. So, man, if they make a smaller version of this, this would be killer. And they came out with the 150, and it's got a 100 size spool, but it's still got that bigger frame. I was like, man, if they right. come out with something even smaller than this, I'm down. And then they finally came out with that 80, and that reel is a little beast, man. That the new uh, the hyperdrive, that DigiGear they got in there, they're, they're so smooth. Um, man, I've been a big fan of them. I, I threw Daiwa's all in my youth i had the mag force back in the day i threw shimano's too but i'd always had a dial on a on a pistol grip lightning rod you know in my my teenage years bass fishing you know and uh it was good to get back to Daiwa because I, I had i had thrown loose for a while the, the loose custom custom light was definitely a solid reel uh for the longest time i know i know a lot of people are still throwing those but yeah i throw spinners and uh you yeah. know really for a for a bargain mag sealed reel those fuegos are great yes i mean a little over a hundred bucks. You just can't beat that. I've got some of the BGMQs. Yes, those oh, are those to me are, are fantastic. Killer. I've got one Saltus Back Bay is a three thousand. That's the biggest one I have. That thing is bulletproof. Is that and, the, one uh, the round? You got a round handle on that one. The little round knob on that one. No, it does. It has. It has. It, that one has the T handle on the it. The T handle. Okay. Yeah. I have a three thousand um, as well. That's pretty dang sick. I like it. I got a Procreon too, like you mentioned, and what other? I've got another one that I'm forgetting. Um, but just love that Daiwa line of uh, saltwater ready products that just it's been holding up for me. And you know, when you're in a kayak, it's a little different than being in a boat. Yes. I mean, your your stuff's gonna get splashed. 
So you want something that's going to hold up. And not that the Shimano stuff didn't for years. It was fine. I just I love the the smooth action and drag that I'm getting out of these Daiwa reels right now. Yeah, their spinning reels have definitely in the last like three or four years have definitely progressed in in, in their own net level where they need to be. You know, um, like you said, that that's that Saltus back bay that thing's sick. I love that reel. And then the the, the Procreon that the the AL and the MQ on those, both of those are super light. They are no corrosion. I've had, I've still got one I've had for like, I've been fishing it straight for whenever it first came out, I've had it. I haven't even cleaned it. Yeah. I spray it down with bow shield or, uh, or corrosion X and wipe it down little real magic on the spool and, and roll with it. And that's how those eighties are. Uh, yep. the one fifties, I, I do pull apart and clean here and there, you know, um, any anything you leave out and you know you rinse and you got to dry it completely and i try to open them every trip but when you fish multiple days in a row sometimes it's kind of hard so you yeah. know i have i'll have a, a can of real magic in the car as soon as i get off in the truck as soon as i get off the water i spray them down real quick before i throw them in the in the truck you know smart getting that you know yeah. um but yeah real you know maintenance that's a big part of real maintenance lure maintenance changing your hook out all that kind of good stuff that's all Man, we could talk another hour about just that prepping, and, and we'll have to have another. We have to have a revisit of part two, part two coming up soon. Uh, we'll get you. Yeah, I'll I'll, here I'll be one of your repeat sure. offenders if you if you want me again. Oh yeah, no man, I had a good time having you on the show tonight, man. We just I'm gonna usually try to wrap it up in about forty five minutes or an hour, and I'm just I'm about wore out. <laughs> this dang. Uh, this work schedule is about to kill me. You know, you get you get over fifty, it's not not easy anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I'll be I'll be fifty five this year. So, uh, but that's the other good thing about the kayak, though. I, I just I love the fact that you know I don't have the the motorized ones. It yeah. helps keep me young, keeps me active. I'm bending, I'm stooping, I'm lifting, yes. I'm stretching. Um, I'm I'm not saying it's turning me into a triathlete by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but you know it'll keep you healthy. I mean, it oh, just, it does. It, I drag about it out over and. Uh, you know, I still paddle. I mean, I use my motor to get one spot to the other, but most of the time I'm paddle or pedaling, you know? Yeah. Um, especially in the back lakes in the shallow water when I'm standing up and just pushing around, push pulling and stuff, you know, that, that, that keeps you going, keeps you, keeps you young. And, you know, I get on that skateboard here and there and roll around in them bowls and keep them legs moving. <laughs> yeah, you got me beat there. I'm, I'm staying off the skateboard. Yeah. I'm not going to try to beat gravity. Gravity's undefeated. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i'm sitting on some uh i got a couple i have a gt um pro performer from like i think it's like a 91 model but i have a, a 1990 dyno comp that i'm about to uh get refinished it's kind of beat up but i'm gonna get it re uh get it powder coated like a cement gray and do like the neon green stickers on it and then rig it back up and actually ride it again so i'm gonna get out there and and dance around on the old freestyle bike again. That, that was always fun when I was a when I was a kid. So I kind of got a wild hair to start messing around on that again. You know, instead of the mountain bike, I'm getting the freestyle bike, the twenty inch toy. But Going yeah, back down memory something. lane. Yes, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's always fun to to uh, to roll back down that stuff as long as I don't get like a handlebars shove somewhere <laughs> i don't want it to go <laughs> it probably would be too fun uh yeah but yeah man i appreciate you coming on ron it's great chatting with you about uh you know those special uh 
fish that we both uh, both are dear to our hearts. Those big trout, you know, there's there's nothing else like them things, man. It's just it's a it's an honor to be able to catch one, man. I just yeah, I feel I, the exact same way. It's just I a still special remember, Still remember the like the where it hit, how it looked when it came out of the water. I can still visualize like most of my ones that are upper 20s i can visualize the exact moment kind of relive it in my thoughts it's just you know there's nothing else like it i'm sure a lot of people can relate so yeah cheers to some big trout yes sir we're gonna Absolutely. Uh, wrap up the show with that any shout outs or anything you want to thank anybody or or, or any mentions or anything uh, there you go yeah. right there yeah, I just want to say, hey, thank you to you for having me on here. It's quite quite the honor to be on here. And as, as far as shout outs go, you know, I mentioned a lot of my good fishing buddies. Hopefully they'll, they'll listen and they've uh, heard their names out there. And then uh, once again, my buddy uh, Dominic Paniccia with his uh, True Love and Fishing on YouTube does a heck of a, a job on that with some really neat uh, drone footage to show what he's up to. So just a shout out to him. Right on, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, we thank thank everybody that listens to the show. Uh, Pal and fan, we wouldn't be uh, where we're at without all the listeners and everybody that watches the, our, our podcast. And uh, I'm glad to be back, uh, hopefully regularly after this one. Uh, just had some free time this evening and wanted to get a show, so I got with Ron to get him on. And, I mean, I'm glad I had you come on, man. This one flowed pretty good, and I like to have the guests on here that are like-minded, like to do the same thing, you know, chase them big trout. So it's yeah. always fun to talk about that stuff there. And, uh I'm going to roll the closer. Thanks again, everybody, for uh, hanging out on Chasing the Tide. And uh, we'll catch you all next time. Hang tight, Ron. I'm going to roll this closer, and I'll we'll finish it up. Thanks. Nice.